0: Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Relentless Daring Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Morgan. And for the past several weeks, I have been doing the show live on with my gracious host over at Podbean. And one thing I have noticed is going back listening to a lot of the live shows is that when I put the audio out there as a podcast, the. Uh, quality was just absolutely horrible. And and this isn't anything on Podbean. Um because they've been great hosts um uh, from what the feedback I've been getting via <clears throat> Twitter and Facebook is that the live shows have been really good. However, I have really, really crappy internet, so so it didn't transfer the audio very well to the recording stuff on the other end, on Podbean's end, so it was really glitchy and kind of cutting out really bad. So, until I get some stuff straightened out and uh, get ready to go, go again... Uh, I'm going to be doing this the old-fashioned way of recording, editing, and putting everything together in a way that comes out as a much better product on the end for you, the listener. So, to those of you who have been listening to the podcast and have been turned off by the audio quality that's been coming across, I wholly, wholly apologize. And, again, this is something I'm going to work out because... A little a little inside baseball action for you this is what happens when you are a completely independent content producer and you don't have the the luxury if you will of um having a media company behind you having some sort of uh production studio like now let's not throw any shade at the guys at iHeart or Pushkin or any of those other podcast studios that do an amazing job. Uh, the the people who work at those studios and work for those companies again, these this is the effect of them having you know, the available resources, obviously, to be able to produce content where you know it's they have everything there they don't have to they have producers who can sit and monitor uh audio levels and they can go through and they can render stuff and posts that I don't have because back again to yield budget that is not even a shoestring it is a rotted piece of baling twine In fact, if you go back and you listen to some of the uh, shows, you notice there's a lot of uh, really really hard uh, P sounds where it comes off as like popping in your headphones. I just got a pop filter to cut that out. I know, shocking, right? Again, this is... Y'all are joining me as I'm building this from literally nothing. Starting with a... I don't want to call it a cheap digital microphone, but the, the quality's not as good as the analog stuff I have now. So it's, it's one of those things, it's, I, I'm growing this over time. And if you want to help me grow the podcast, please by all means, uh, go to relentlessdaring.com Uh, From there, you can link over to the merch shop over on Spreadshirt, or you can, uh, on the bottom of every page, you can uh, link over to my Patreon account, or if you like to go to Patreon directly, it's patreon.com slash relentlessdaring1. Become a patron. Everything that goes into Patreon or into the merch store goes back into the podcast in some way, shape, or form. It pays for my hosting. It pays for the website hosting. It pays for equipment upgrades. In fact, uh, the lovely addition of a pop filter is due to merchandise sales. So, uh, to everyone who bought merchandise, thank you, thank you, thank you so very much. Uh, Right now, I'm actually working on trying to get, uh, at the behest of another listener, working on design for can cozies because apparently that's a thing so I, i've got stuff uh, floating out there that you know you know hope, hopefully uh y'all will be interested in i'm kind of floating the idea right now so once that's available i will let you know and then you can give me your money but um so as i said, going through the news of the past week obviously impeachment 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 has been the biggest thing and yeah, there there's some uh stories out there one that i think is one of the more interesting stories is um if i find the right daily color article here is actually um do, do, do. This uh, is actually from uh, Joe Manson. This is a uh, Daily Caller. Uh, Senator Joe Manson discusses the one big takeaway he had during Trump's legal defense, which, if you haven't been tracking, nearly all the Democrat senators have pretty much been signaling, Donald Trump is the devil and he needs to be removed from office yeah they're not really haven't been saying that demonic, but you know i I like to have fun with what I do but um but yeah the big thing is that again, Democrats from the house, Donald Trump is evil, he needs to be removed from office, Democrats from the Senate Donald Trump is evil, he needs to be removed from office so uh seeing this daily caller article um actually gives me some hope. But then again, it is Joe Manchin, and he's like the last Democratic senator who has any common sense left about him. I go in the article, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia said Saturday that President Donald Trump's legal defense did a good job defending the president after House Democrats made their case for impeachment. Trump's legal defense is, quote, making me think about things, end quote. Manchin, a Democrat, told CNN's Manu Raju. His comments come as Trump's team is given a period of time to defend the president's dealings with Ukraine's president. All right, and without going into a long-winded litany of timeline and did he do whatever they're accusing him of, simple simple matter the simple way to say it is that pretty much from the time Donald Trump was sworn into office there has been there has been a uh, an effort from the white house and for those surrounding the white house to get information on Burisma which is a Ukrainian energy company that has had eh, r- close to $8 billion, billion, with a B, billion dollars. And that's not just American. That is other foreign aid. But $8 billion just magically, poof, out of existence. Meanwhile, they've hired a... U.S. citizen to be able to uh, have international influence and to give a veracity to if you're hearing any noise going on, there's a pair of cats chasing each other around the recording room because they're cats and they do whatever the hell they want. But, um, you know, they hire a an American to, you know, give some gravitas. Uh, again, to lend veracity to this board of directors for a company who's also headed by a known oligarch and just general no-good person. And that American on the board is... Uh, well it's the son of the vice president. And so there's some questions regarding uh is it ethical, is it legal? Uh what influence is the vice president have on this company with his son? And that's not going that's not, not even going to get into all the other issues the vice president has had with family members being on the board or in charge of companies doing business with the federal government and making a mint. However, uh, journalist Peter Schweitzer does have a great book that just came out about it. You should check it out. So, anyways, uh, Joe Manchin has actually come out and said, after the uh, Trump defense team started their arguments, that... Well, they've given me some stuff to think about here. Quote, one thing that stuck in my mind is they said there isn't a witness they have had so far that had direct contact with the president. I'd love to hear from Mulvaney, who's the uh, Office of Management and Budget Director, and uh, former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Uh, He wants to say he'll be very impartial till the end. Now, John Bolton is questionable at best as, I don't want to say an unreliable witness. However, as former Reason writer, Andrew Heaton once referred to uh, John Bolton has, quote, the most dangerous mustache in the world, end quote. Um, John Bolton is an absolute hawk. As a combat veteran, I understand the need for a strong defense, a strong military. However, as opposed to John Bolton, I'm not all about engaging in wars all willy-nilly just so we can go nation-build around the world. Um, If we have to go into a foreign country and engage in armed combat, I would like, like it to be because there's a credible threat. If China were to be capturing American ships and holding crews hostage and, and then start saber-rattling and making obvious attacks against our interests, be it in the South China Sea, the anywhere else in the Pacific, or our allies. Well, I wouldn't be too keen on us getting into a land war with China, I would not be opposed if the reasons were proper. However, when, you know, middle of nowhere who gives a crap a stand is having a civil war and one side is being funded by an enemy, I won't say Iran, and even though the leader of I don't give a crap"istan hate America, well, they're fighting our enemies, so let's back them up. And then we engage in a proxy war where Iranian proxies are fighting against our proxies, and we're not actually getting our hands dirty. You know, that's the kind of stuff John Bolton wants us to get into. You know, these long, protracted, drawn-out proxy wars where we just dump billions and billions of foreign aid. You know, this is what's been going on in Yemen, where we are backing the Yemeni. Is that the word for people who live in, or the government of Yemen, the Yemeni government? Uh, Anybody? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? Bueller? Um... So the Yemen government is backed by Saudi Arabia, who incidentally is backed by us. And they're fighting rebels who incidentally are backed by Iran because Yemen is right on the Straits of Hormuz. Geography lesson, the Straits of Hormuz is where the Persian Gulf actually goes into the Indian Ocean. And that's where ships carrying oil from Saudi Arabia and Kuwait have to leave. It's very narrow. And if Iran controls both sides of the strait, they can make it really easy to put pressure on foreign oil trades, raise the price of oil, and help fund their little terrorist organizations, also known as our government. But, like I said, I'm kind of going off on tangents. Welcome to the world of stream of conscious podcasting. Everything just kind of flows. And you got to follow the rabbit around the bush. So anyways, so... He would love to hear what John Bolton has to say, because John Bolton has come out after he was fired talking about uh, our national security interests are being attacked from within. Now, this is where we start having some questions, because as we've seen with persons like Ambassador Yovanovitch, who was very upset that... Donald Trump would want to fire her because, because he he wants to take our foreign policy with Ukraine a, a different direction. But, but President Trump, I'm the ambassador. I'm in charge of the... I run our diplomatic relations with Ukraine. I set our policy for Ukraine. No, no, you don't. You are an ambassador. You are a political appointee from the previous administration. Even if you are a political appointee from the Trump administration, you serve at the pleasure of the president. If the president feels that you are doing a bad job or undermining his overall mission, or his overall foreign policy goals in the country where you are stationed you can be fired it's not unheard of but but overall the fact that at least one democrat has come out saying that well you know, maybe they're maybe they have something here you know i would love you know if if they had john bolton testify i would love to hear what he had to say good bad indifferent he at least would shed more light to you know the whole situation because as much as the democrats want to you know just piss and moan that the Donald Trump administration, he withheld military aid. Oh, my God, he's so awful. Um, here's the thing. When we did give military aid to the Ukraine, as opposed to the last administration whose idea of military aid was blankets. Yes, blankets for keeping those cold Ukrainian soldiers warm. As the Russian tanks roll over them. Donald Trump gave them something that's actually useful in defense in a land war. He gave them javelin missiles. Javelin missiles are awesome. Because if you're a relatively not very well armed country. And you're being invaded by a country that has armored personnel carriers, tanks, armored artillery pieces, you know, equivalent to say our uh paladin self-propelled howitzers, anti-armor weapons such as a javelin. Now, do mind I'm not talking a spear tip on a stick that you throw it's an actual that's the name of the missile is the is the javelin it's amazing you can have it direct fire where it just shoots a straight line or you can have set up set to where it kind of shoots out 10 yards and then just go shoot straight up in the air and then rains hell upon uh, whatever your selected target was they're so awesome but, um, so we gave actual aid, whereas the previous administration gave blankets and they gave loan gar- or, you know, threatened to withhold loan guarantees if they didn't fire a prosecutor who was looking into a company that had the vice president's son on the board. Hmm. Weird. And then when they do give aid to, say, a foreign oil company, over a billion dollars, billion, with a B, billion dollars to Burisma, whose pre- CEO is a banking oligarch and all the money just goes poof shouldn't our president be able to i don't know authorize an investigation to figure out where the hell our money went i mean as a taxpayer I and mean, we get mad when when the government spends a you know on defense spending and they drop a $1000 on a hammer $10,000 on a toilet seat if I may uh, go back to uh, the movie Independence Day. You know, we, ha- we have these things that people want to piss and moan the government wastes money on. But when taxpayer dollars are actually wasted because they go to an organization and it disappears, it goes into a bunch of different bank accounts and then secretly goes into another bank account that they can't track, but we're not going to say anything when the sitting president goes, "Hey, there's a problem here. We need to look into it." I mean, Republicans would be would have their panties in a bunch if you know, Barack Obama had discovered George Bush had given money to whatever organization and then failed to follow up, or and then Obama failed to follow up on, hey, this organization you gave money to, they it all disappeared. This is taxpayer money. What are you doing with taxpayer money that we're not able to figure out where the heck it's at anymore? It just disappeared in all these bank accounts. But, you know... The, the crazy thing about the left is they very, very, very highly believe in what's good for thee is not so for me. You know we can put you through put you through the ringer because what well, we don't like what you have to stand for. Uh you're awful, awful human but then you point out that hey, your side's doing the same thing. Oh my god, it's what aboutism? what about this? What about that? It's all you ever say. You never defend your person's side. Well, no, I do defend, you know, my side whenever it's worth defending. And in this case, I think it is. But it shouldn't be blatant whataboutism to point out that, you know, your guy was doing the same thing and no one seemed to give a crap. Because if my side is wrong, I want my side to be held accountable. It's called being consistent. And pointing out the inconsistency in your side bad, who cares what my side does because it's my side. My side always wins because it's my side. That's the furthest thing from whataboutism. We'll be back right after this. you love what you hear on the relentless daring podcast do you want to show the world your support for this podcast this is tyler from relentless daring asking you to go to shop.spreadshirt.com slash relentless daring and check out our merchandise there we have t-shirts hoodies hats coffee cups travel mugs go there check it out and use it to show the world your love for this podcast and as always stay relentless All right, getting back into it. Um, well, apparently, I can't figure out uh, how high to get my microphone turn up here because I'm not hearing squat. That's, a, that's just the darnest thing. So, anyways, what is going on here? All right. I like to apologize. My microphone has just absolutely lost its daggum mind. So, something else that Democrats have been absolutely freaking out on for the last several years is dark money. You can't have dark money getting into elections. Oh my God. It's, you don't know where it's coming from. It's horrible. Well, something funny. Again, uh, going back to the Daily Caller because you know, for a news organization, it's not necessarily always on the right of things. Uh, they have an investigative piece. It's a dark money group founded by Bernie Sanders is violating the law, watchdog group says. This is a article is from uh, Andrew Kerr. He's an investigative reporter, and, and yeah, this is uh, from the twenty, yeah, from the twenty second. So this is only a few days old. Uh, the bullet points on this article: a uh, dark money group boosting Senator Bernie Sanders' presidential bid is violating campaign finance laws, uh, watchdog group Common Cause said in a Federal Election Commission complaint filed on Wednesday. Which, alright, I'm going to stop. And we'll exp- as I said earlier, dark money groups, these are PACs that allow uh, people to make donations that are in excess of federal campaign finance laws because... They're not actually uh, going to a political candidate. They're going to this PAC. And you can give all the money you want to a PAC. Uh, However, like uh, here in Missouri, in the last election season, they outlawed, quote, dark money groups, end quote, because, well... it's, these are just packs who are trying to buy elections, which Hillary Clinton outspent Donald Trump in the twenty sixteen election, and still lost. As has been proven time and time again, in national elections, you cannot buy them. As you know, maybe a local election, you can outspend a candidate. And, you know, win a state office, outspend a candidate, win a city or county office. But more than likely, you start getting into federal offices, the House, Senate, obviously the president. It's really hard to outspend. Um, If you look at the amount of money that Michael Bloomberg has been dropping into... Uh, ads nationwide you know, he's got 53 billion dollars at his disposal in his own personal wealth that's what he is worth not necessarily what he has cash on hand but he's spent well over a quarter of a billion dollars in ad buys but um, in these Ad buys though, you know, you you buy YouTube ads, which for some reason, every time I go to turn on a music video, it has a burn or it has a uh, Mike Bloomberg ad. I have to see about how he got fired at the age of thirty nine. One more time, I'm gonna scream. But um, but anyways, uh, going back to this uh, article. Uh, Sanders founded our, our Revolution in 2016. Our Revolution. Wow. He wants to bring the Soviet Revolution to the streets of America. And I don't have it available. Apparently, Project Veritas released a third video of a uh, of a Bernie bro calling for revolution here in the country if Bernie... Does not get the nomination. That'll be something fun to look into during the week and hopefully get something set up so I can talk about the dangers of the crazy, crazy left on next week's show. But I digress. To do. Sanders found Our Revolution in 2016. The group can raise unlimited sums of money without having to disclose the identities of its donors the joys of a 501c4 coded organization. Those of you who don't know, a 501c3, that's your typical nonprofit. Um, my dad runs one for uh, make, raising money for uh, aiding veterans and wounded warriors in our local area. It's a 501c3. Contributions, they have to be... Uh, you know, direct contributions because they do, do things where they raise uh raise money through product sales and this that and the other where you know obviously a portion of that goes into the goes into the coffers and they write it off as merchandise. But if a business, say the local Budweiser distributor, donates money to it They have to write, you know, it was donated by Missouri Eagle or, you know, whoever. That's how 501c3 works. 501c4, you can give all the money you want. And they don't have to disclose it because that's part of why it's a... That's part of the conditions of a 501c4. Now, like I said, Democrats have been very, very anti-dark money. You know, these 501 C4s that can you can donate a million dollars into, but not actually have to disclose that you made a million dollar uh contribution. Well I mean you will because you know hey that's a million dollar tax write-off because I donated a million dollars to a 501c coded entity, a nonprofit. However, <clears throat> pardon me, the uh, 501c4 does not have to tell the IRS or the Federal Election Commission that Bob over there gave me a million dollars. But, you know, they're so bad that only Republican and conservative 501c4 should ever have, they, they should all be done away with. Our Revolution's affiliation with Sanders triggered the federal's, the federal quote soft money end quote ban. Common Cause attorney Paul S. Ryan said. Sanders told Our Revolution during a conference call in September 2019 that they're do that they're quote doing some of the most important work that can be done in our country end quote. Oh, I didn't say it right. You're doing some of the most important work that can be done in our country. A dark money group founded by Senator Bernie Sanders is violating federal campaign finance law, according to Federal Election Commission, complaint filed Wednesday. The political nonprofit group Our Revolution, which Sanders founded in 2016, has been violating the federal soft money ban by boosting his presidential campaign since its launch in February 2019, the complaint from the watchdog group Common Cause States. Campaign finance laws state that groups quote, directly or indirectly established, end quote, by federal officeholders, such as Sanders, can't, quote, solicit, receive, direct transfer, or spend funds, end quote, for federal electoral activity that exceeds the limitations above the law, which in our revolution's case would be $5,000 per election. Quote, because Sanders set up our revolution and they have raised and spent money in the candidate elections, Our revolution is required to comply with contribution limits, register with the FEC, and disclose its donors. But it hasn't. Common Cause Attorney Paul S. Ryan told the Associated Press, Quote, it's his establishment of the group that triggers these laws. That means a $5,000 limit, full donor disclosure, and no contributions from prohibited sources. End quote. Pardon me. You know, and this, I said this, continues down this path of what's good for me is not good for thee. Because you know that if this was a group founded by Donald Trump, George Bush, Dick Cheney, you name the conservative boogeyman. Well, I named Donald Trump, George Bush, and Dick Cheney and all those. So I guess that's just a Republican boogeyman, not so much a... uh, not so much a conservative, but I digress. <clears throat> so you, you have these boogeymen on the right. If they were doing these things, people would be losing their absolute ever friggin' minds over it. But it's Bernie Sanders. he He's for the people. I mean, he's a socialist. Yeah, he also has campaign supporters who are calling for armed revolution and one of his Bernie bros tried to kill 30 members of Congress. Do we keep forgetting this? Oh, wait, wait. He's Bernie Sanders. A low-level campaign staffer cannot possibly be a reflection of Bernie Sanders as a whole. Mr. I'm going to honeymoon in the... Soviet Union. Quote The facts surrounding our revolution, including its founding by Senator Sanders, its receipt of six figure contributions, its failure to disclose donors to the FEC, and its political spending in Iowa and elsewhere, point to a clear violation of federal soft money ban, Ryan said in a separate statement on Wednesday. Our Revolution is a 501c4 nonprofit group that can accept unlimited contributions without disclosing the identities of its donors. The group has received $9.5 million in contributions starting in 2016 through 2018. In 2018, Our Revolution reported that it received contributions of $218,309 and $195,000 but didn't disclose in its tax filing the individual or group behind those donations. And, again, this is just more and more of the same. What's good for the goose is definitely not good for the gander. And, again, um, the here in Missouri, it was... George Soros funded groups that were really pushing these uh, dark money bans when it got put into effect. So it, the irony of groups that would be against dark money because dark money can buy elections, oh my god. They they can they can give they can give in excess of federal laws. These groups that would be protesting this from the right are doing the exact same thing. It makes about as much sense as a leftist pro-abortion person pushing a stroller while holding a sign that says I'm proud of my abortion. Well, Pushing your kid in a stroller. You're holding a sign. Bragging about how you killed their sibling. Huh. Well I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. Because unfortunately I saw a picture of it. But again. This always comes back. Always comes back to. We can do what we want. Because we can now if 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 this was remember when uh during the in twenty fifteen after Donald Trump made his uh announcement that he was going to run uh he was in relatively short order he was endorsed by David Duke. those of you who don't know who David Duke is, he is a notorious white supremacist, white nationalist, dirty, crappy son of a gun. When asked about it, Donald Trump said, David who? I mean, that should tell you enough right there when the person endorsed by the white nationalist doesn't even know who the white nationalist is. Now, it could be that Donald Trump has spent so much time in Trump Tower, kind of disassociated with some of the stuff in the world. He doesn't know who David Duke was. Truth be told, I don't follow what's going on in the world of white nationalism. I didn't know who David Duke was at the time. I didn't know who Dick Spencer was at the time. But... Once I figured it out, it's like, yeah, these guys are bad. And don't you know, maybe Donald Trump was just doing an outright dismissal. Daisy Duke, never heard of her. You know, one of those things. But, you know, then suddenly, because David Duke had to open his fat mouth, suddenly... Everyone who touches the Donald Trump campaign is bad. But, you know, these guys who are uh, the Bernie Bros, uh, the dude who shot up the guys practicing for a baseball game, the two dudes in Iowa who are calling for an armed revolution, agreeing. Agreeing with uh, bringing out guillotines. You know. Saying that if. Bernie Sanders. Doesn't get the nomination. They're going to make Milwaukee. You know. They're going to do to Milwaukee. So bad. That makes Chicago in 1968. eh, Look. Look peaceful. Like a peaceful demonstration. I mean. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, if Donald Trump supporters were saying it, it would be the end of Donald Trump and anyone associated with the right because they're calling for violence. They're all like that. But you have these guys, these low level staffers for Bernie's, yeah, they're low level staffers. They don't represent the whole thing. Why would you presume so much? What are you? An idiot. But, I don't know. These are things that just, it makes your head hurt. And speaking of Bernie Sanders, remember after Hurricane Maria, how the mayor of San Juan, Puerto Rico, was yelling about how bad Donald Trump was because he threw us paper towels, where's all of our crap, where's water, Well. Standing in a warehouse full of water. Um, hold on a second ow beating my face against the microphone because it hurts so bad trying to process that epic failure. <laughs> Anywhos this is, uh, from NBC News, San Juan Mayor Carmen Yulín Cruz to co-chair Bernie Sanders' 2020 campaign. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is just popping up on uh, SpinQuark. It's a great place to go for your news. It's an aggregator like Drudge, but without being obnoxious, like Drudge. So, like I said, this is old, but it's popping up because... Remember how everyone was freaking out Donald Trump wasn't sending aid? Well, it turns out that they have several warehouses where corrupt members of the Puerto Rican government stashed supplies, food, blankets, water. Not just a little bit, tons, literally tons of life-saving supplies that were just squirreled away for to make a uh, to turn the deaths of Puerto Ricans into what a political you know political hot potato you know a, a point maker look these people died because they didn't get their didn't get life-saving supplies meanwhile in the back of their garage, they're stacking up pallets of water. So anyways, uh, it's an old article, but it makes a lot of sense. Mayor Carmen Yulín cruz of San Juan, an adversary of President Donald Trump, that's putting it mildly NBC, has signed on to be one of four national co-chairs of Senator Bernie Sanders' 2020 presidential campaign. Her commitment to Sanders, the Vermont Independent, <laughs> They called him an independent. That's funny. <laughs> who announces presidential bid on Tuesday comes as the Democratic field is growing and competition for highly, for high-profile supporters is intensifying. Cruz told NBC News in a telephone interview Thursday that she has working relationships with several of the senators who are running or may run, but she's looking. But she's been working with pander, panders. Ha! There's a there's a Freudian slip that's accurate. That's all he is—the little fuzzy-haired pander bear. To the to the poor people of America, I'm going to take all the money from the rich, and I'm going to give it to you. That way, you don't have to do a damn thing except continue to be poor and live off the teat. Of the rich. That actually. May have possibly came off. Sounding very Bernie Sanders-ish. I'll take it. But she has been working with Sanders. Since 2016. Quote. Looking for a path for Puerto Rico. End quote. A lot of things. A lot of things he's been fighting for. All his life. I've been working. I've been fighting for all my life. Things like. Let's not put wealth before health. Oh, my God. Yep. First of all, if you're most people, they don't want to put wealth in front of health. There's lots of people who are generally healthy, so they have to make a decision. Do I get health insurance or do I pay my bills? You know, the important ones, rent, electricity, food. And it's an, it's an understandable thing they have to decide. Trust me, I've been there going, hmm, which one do I pay this week? Do I make the car note or do I pay the electric bill? That's life in modern era because, well, we've been sold a bill of goods that we can have it all. And it only costs you 16, 17, 18% interest on your credit cards that you get 10, 12, 13 credit cards and you rack, rack them all up because, hey, I want the neatest, the biggest, the best. But that's neither here nor there. <clears throat> See, also named Sanders' efforts on education, collective bargaining. Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did I. Let me try that again. She also named Sanders' efforts on education, collective bargaining. <sighs> I, oh, I keep getting this really weird, dismissive snort thing going on every time I say collective bargaining. That's just the damnedest thing. The rights of people in the lgbtqqia 2 plus EIEIO and transgender. Wait. You ever come across redundancies and it just, you just have to stop? Rights of people in the LGBTQ and transgender communities. I think that's what the T in LGBTQ stands for, tummy. So, shock of shocks. A mayor who was fairly socialist when she was you know the mayor has come out in support of a socialist for president you know and and my heart went out to the people of Puerto Rico after hurricane maria it was absolutely devastating however Thank you, liberal Democrats and collective bargaining act, you know, enthusiasts like Bernie Sanders, who believe highly in the powers of protectionism. There is a longshoreman's uh, union. And I, I don't recall the name of the law off the top of my head, but basically this union had gotten it to where, if you know, a ship is bringing product from overseas to a U.S. territory or someplace like Alaska or Hawaii, non-contiguous forty-eight states, or like I said, any its territories overseas. They have to come first to the United States, where the longshoreman can unload it. And then the longshoreman can turn around and put it onto an American-flagged vessel, which will then carry it to Puerto Rico, Hawaii, Alaska, Guam, American Samoa, any of these places overseas or outside the contiguous 48 states. They have to come to the United States where they have to be unloaded by American dock workers, and then put onto American flagged vessels by American dock workers, and then go to our territory. And we can only suspend it for, I think, up to 20 days at a time. Now, I'm sure there were countries from around the world. In fact, I know there were countries from around the world who wanted to bring as much to Puerto Rico as possible, but... If it wasn't within that amount of time, then now you have stuff that's you know coming into Florida to get put onto a boat, or coming into Charleston, New Orleans, and you name a port on the eastern seaboard or the Gulf of Mexico, that have to go through the process of being unloaded, then put on a boat, and sent to Puerto Rico. And the mayor, who literally got absolutely nothing done for the people of Puerto Rico other than standing in front of a camera and screaming and yelling and crying about how bad Donald Trump was, is supporting Bernie Sanders, who he doesn't even really give a rat's anus about Puerto Rico other than if if Puerto Rico becomes a state, that means more electoral college votes and more people i can redistribute the wealthy's money to that's all he cares about puerto rico is you know it's another group for him to pander to and honestly it's another group that the republicans want to pander to because hey pandering is pandering it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on you're going to try to find a way to get used government money taxpayer money to buy the votes of the people whom you want to vote for you all right so that's gonna wrap up this week's show um again thanks for listening if you are listening to this on apple itunes i am asking for four quick little things number one smash that subscribe button then every week when the podcast publishes usually in the middle of the night because I have a family and that's the best time to record is when they're all asleep. Every week when the new episode cuts, it will automatically download, you know, either download or hit up uh, the queue on your Apple podcast app and you'll get a notification. If notifications are on, you will hear, it will let you know it's there. Number two, number two, number two, give it a five-star review. The more five-star reviews that you get or that you give to be uh, more accurate, the bet- the more it ha- of an effect it has on the algorithm. Then, Because the algorithm is showing, hey, more five stars, it means it's going to reach out to notify more people that, hey, check this show out. That leads to number three. Number three is very important. Leave a good review. In fact, embellish it a little bit. Even if you're not, yeah, okay, he's he's all right. He's kind of a goofball, but, you know, whatever. He's fun to listen to. Embellish, please. Because then, because of the five-star reviews that you leave, it recommends me to to people who like other similar podcasts, and then they read your reviews and go, oh, wow, 20 stars, best pod, second best podcast ever. Oh, my goodness. I, need, I should probably check this out. Then you know, they read the review and then they listen to it. Then hopefully it's an ongoing thing, a perpetual motion machine, if you will. And then finally, reach out on your own. Last thing, number four, share this podcast with someone who, who you think might like it. Heck, share it with someone who you think is gonna to listen to it and go, oh my god, this person's an idiot. I will take the hit if they leave a negative review and only rate me one star because I'm a humble person and I will take what I can get. So thank you so very much. Also, if you want to reach out to me on the social meds, you can go to facebook.com slash relentless daring, reach out to me there. Um if you've messaged me, I'm usually pretty quick to respond unless I'm at work. Then I'll get to you when I get to you. Um, you reach out to me on Twitter, at Daring Podcast, or at Real Tyler Morgan. Again, happy to hear from you. Take whatever feedback I can get. But I'm not going to beg. No, I will not beg. Please, please give me feedback. I need it. I crave it. No, I'm joking. Um, you... I'm sure you couldn't hear it, but there was a parrot laughing in the other room because apparently he thought it was funny, even if you didn't. So, hmm. So, um, again, thank you all for listening. And also, be sure to check out the merch store. That's shop.spreadshirt.com slash relentless-daring. Or go to patreon.com slash relentless-daring become a patron. Help keep this show from going off the rails. Please, now I am begging you. Please, please. Fund my show. It's all I'm asking. It's just, even as little as $10 a month. I don't have sappy music to play in the background. While Sally Struthers tells you about all the starving kids in Africa. Again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, stay relentless.